All right, church, how are we doing today? Man, it is so good to see everybody. Uh, I want to take a minute. I want to welcome everybody who is watching at home right now, cozy by the fire with a coffee or maybe hot chocolate. Uh, we love you. We're a little jealous, but we love you. And uh, everybody who's over at the South Side, South Campus, South Campus, we love you. We love you, everybody, everywhere. And the best way that we can show you that is by putting our hands together. So everybody, put your hands together. Let's welcome everybody who's watching. Man, Vision Weekend, what a powerful, powerful service we've already had so far. And we do this every year. It's a great opportunity for us just to contemplate what God has been doing in our lives and how God has been providing for us, and then really to look forward to all that God has in store for us. And this whole weekend is based on one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's Proverbs 29, verse 18, and it says this uh, in the message paraphrase. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Just pause for a moment. Think about that. Have you ever found yourself in that situation? Anybody? Like, if you're, you're stumbling, you feel like you can't get traction, it usually, in fact, what Proverbs is saying, almost certainly, is because we're missing what God is doing. But, everybody say, but, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. I love that. God wants us to be most blessed. I think, I think it would uh, be fair to say all of us want to be most blessed. Amen? Like, we don't want to just be kind of blessed. We don't just be, like, sort of blessed. I don't know about you, but I want to be most blessed. And that word blessed is the word Baruch, and it simply means happy or goodness or blessedness. And so what that, what that verse is saying is it's not that everything is going to go perfectly for that person, but what it means is there's going to be a general grace on their life. You could say this, it would be happiness in the midst of imperfection. Like that's what God wants to bring about in our lives, a general grace, a general blessedness, a general happiness, even when things aren't going well. And that's why I thought it was so cool to take some time and look back at 2020. Because what was definitely, I would say, for uh, so many of us, probably we could say that was one of the hardest years that we've ever experienced. Just different, difficult. There's lots of just opposition. And yet to see what God did in the midst of that is so stinking cool. Amen. Like just seeing even like the one of the stats was 138 countries had connected with Summit Park Church online. Isn't that that was like that was one of those like, wow. I mean, all of the minutes viewed and all of the different uh, uh, videos streamed. That was really cool. The Spotify, that was really cool. But just to think about the global impact that God is bringing about through our church. And we had set out to be a light to the world. And God did just that. That's what it's all about. But finding out what God reveals, even in the midst of difficult situations. And so that's why we've, uh, we've named and titled our vision for 2021 forward. Because I think like, I would, I think it's fair to say all of us would like to be moving forward right now. Amen. Like, isn't that like a good thought? Like, Hey, let's just, let's move forward. And I want you to know, like, that's God's will for your life is to move you forward. It's to move you forward. Um, Life doesn't always feel like that, right? Life doesn't always feel like that. Sometimes it feels very backwards. Sometimes it feels like going backward in a circle. Have you ever just felt like that? Like, um, I, literally, I literally just Googled like car stuck in reverse and I found like this old clip 
that is absolutely amazing. I think it's from the 70s. And um, it's, it's so amazing that this happened and that it happened for like a long time, enough for a camera crew to get out there and take like footage of it. Um, I wanna show this to you and then just have a good laugh at it. All right, so let's take a look at this video. It's the machine age run amok, and it may have spectators amused during their lunch hour, but it's got police worried. Culprit, a red 1973 T-Bird. Its owner, Maxine Kirkpatrick of Eugene, left it running in park while she mailed a letter. That's when the car rebelled. Quietly slipping into reverse, the T-Bird embarked on a circular path of destruction. Maxine Kirkpatrick tried twice to get into the car to stop it, but to no avail. Meanwhile, as word got out, a crowd gathered, and a carnival atmosphere developed. Each spectator trying to answer out loud the question of the hour. How do you stop a car with no driver? But not everyone was having such a good time. The police had very real concern that the car could down power lines or suddenly straighten itself out and head into the crowd. Nearby shop owners were also worried as each of the T-Bird's revolutions brought it closer to the storefronts. The police called in Ken Cox of a local towing firm. Cox wanted to block the T-Bird's path with an old wreck but he opted for a more dramatic solution. Cox's first attempt to get into the car was unsuccessful, but undaunted, he tried again. This time, he broke the window and climbed inside. Moments later, the car sputtered to a halt. The Cox got a hero's welcome. Come on, can you put your hands together for that? <laughs> I think the funniest thing about that is how long it just keeps going, right? Like you'd expect for a few seconds, they had enough time to get a camera crew out there and for that guy to get multiple different shots. Like he's like, all right, now go to the fire truck. All right, now get that one. Yeah, okay. It was just crazy, right? I just think like one of my biggest takeaways from that video is like America was so much cooler back then, wasn't it? You know, like Maxine, the owner, she comes out of her house. Yeah, it happens. You know, he's like, <laughs> you're just like, oh my gosh. We were so much more chill. And then the good old boy's like, this is some pretty good entertainment, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's like, no one's freaking out. No one's suing Ford. I mean, it was just, it was just a better day. You know, it was just like, it was just a better day. Um, but I, I think that video is so powerful and so uh, helpful because really, like, that's how life can feel sometimes, right? Like going backwards in a circle. Have you ever felt like that? I'm just going backwards and I just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm taking out people next to me and I'm taking out mailboxes that happen to be close by like and that's exactly what sin does like really that's what the bible when the bible talks about sin that's what that's what sin does it it literally gets us going backwards in circles and all the while God wants to get us moving forward and and it's kind of cool but you know how that guy breaks the window and he jumps in and, you know, he stops the car. And I was like, yeah, you know, that man, that's, that's exactly what Jesus does for us. He, he, he breaks up our situation in the best of ways. And he gets in behind the wheel and stops what is a backward circle, the sin wreaking havoc in our lives. And he says, I'm going to get you moving forward. And I just want to encourage you with that because that's exactly what Jesus does. And maybe, maybe the best illustration of this is when you see some of his most famous words spoken in John chapter 8 with the woman who's caught in adultery. She's set up basically in this very difficult situation and, and the Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus and, they, and they, they use this woman 
to, to do it, and she's caught in the act of adultery. So is the man, but the man doesn't, the man's not thrown out before Jesus, just the woman, and the woman is thrown out before Jesus, and they're like, now what are you going to do with this message of grace, Jesus? This woman was literally caught in the act of adultery. And then he gets down on the ground, and we don't know what he writes, but he scribbles something into the sand, and then he says, he who is without sin cast the first stone, and then he says some of the most powerful words in all of scripture he says go and sin no more do you know what jesus wants to do for all of us he wants to stop our backward cycle lift us up and say move forward go and sin no more that's what he's about he's all about getting us moving forward in fact this is what jesus came to do he came to cleanse us from our past set us free from our present and move us forward with our future if you take notes you can write that down you can take that phrase to the bank that's what jesus came to do jesus was prophesied to do this and uh the the proof of that is isaiah chapter 43. now if you're if you're not familiar with isaiah it's an old testament prophet and he's prophesying to people who have been literally carried away in captivity for a season of time. So the whole nation was carried off to Babylon. And so what he does is he, he says, hey, listen, you guys, God told you not to serve other gods, but you did. And because you did, you got punished. But God has something that he wants to do in the midst of what you're experiencing. And you see it in verses 1, verse 18, and verse 19. If you have Bibles, turn to... Uh, Isaiah chapter 43 this will encourage you this is a powerful like literally powerful passage of scripture I'm going to read through it, but I want to encourage you to to take time this week and really just drill down on this chapter because it's powerful but verse 1 he says don't be afraid verse 18 he says forget the former things and then verse 19 he says perceive the new things so I'm just, that's a little heads up, but let's read this. We're going to read the first part, and then we'll jump to the last part. But Isaiah chapter 43 says, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. Pause, put a pin in that for a moment. Anytime you see that, when God's saying, when he's calling the people Jacob, when he's calling the people Israel, he's speaking to the Old Testament nation of Israel, but today God is speaking to you. So that's how we interpret the Bible. When you see God talking to Israel, you say, oh, now he's talking to me. I need to listen up because this is what God is saying, not just to a nation hundreds of years ago. This is God's promise for you right now. This is what he says. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. When you go through 2020, you're going to come out stronger. Come on, somebody. Why? For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Then you skip down to verse 15. It says, I'm the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your king. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. What's he talking about? This is when Israel was coming out of Egypt, and Israel made it out through the Red Sea, and then the Egyptians tried to chase them, and what did God do? He brought the water and just took out all of their enemies. He's saying, 
that God, that's the one who's speaking to you right now. And this is what he says. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Isn't that a powerful passage of scripture, church? Like, doesn't that just fire you up? Verse 1, he says, don't be afraid. Verse 18, he says, forget the former things. Verse 19, he says, perceive the new things. If you want a spiritual success strategy, this is it right here. And you could break it down. You could say it like this. Fear not, forget the past, and focus forward. I want to encourage you to write that down. That is, that is God's word for your life. That is our theme for this year. Fear not, forget the past, and focus forward. It's time to move forward in all that God has for us. And I want to do, what I want to do is I want to take a few moments, I want to break this down and explain how this is a powerful thing for no matter where you're, no matter where you are in your life spiritually, this is something that you can focus on and meditate on and take this to the bank. Like no matter where you're at, you know what you need to do? Fear not. Forget the past and focus forward. I don't care if you're a brand new Christian. I don't care if you've been a Christian your whole life. Do you know what you need to do? Fear not. Forget the past and focus forward. This is what God wants for you. All right, let me just break this down. I think we're going to break this down, and then we're going to talk about how this applies to us both personally and then corporately, and then we're going to walk away uh, just fired up to experience all that God has for us. If that sounds good, say it does. Turn to two people and say, it's time to move forward. Come on, tell two people, it's time to move forward. All right, let me give you the first thing, and it's this. Fear not. He says, do not fear. I think if God is going to say anything to us, one of the best things that God ever could say to us is to not be afraid, to fear not. My daughter, Eden, has nightmares. And it's super sad. You know, she's been having these for maybe about a year. And so she's three right now. And it is so sad. And you know, like, there's a cry when, like, they don't want to go to bed. There's that cry. And, like, you can kind of tell, like, no, nah, you're, you're just trying to stay up late. And then there's the cry when they're, they've been sleeping. They wake up and they're like, ah, like, really terrified. You know, you can tell, like, right away. Usually about 1230, 1 o'clock, right, you know, right in that deep REM sleep for me is when this happens. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so... Uh, but I, you know, I pop up and I can just tell she's terrified. So I go in and I, I just, I just hold her close and I'm like, are you, did you have a, are you scared? She's like, yeah. Did you have a bad dream? Yeah. What was it? A bug. A bug. If only our problems were a bug. <laughs> right? If only that was what's keeping us up at night. I saw a bug today and really just messed with me. Ours are so much more complex, but God, in the midst of our very complex problems, like a very loving father comes to us, and you know what he says? Fear not. That's what he says, fear not. Over a hundred different times you see this in the Bible, God will say, Fear not. Do not be afraid. There's 66 books in the Bible. It's almost like God's like saying, you're not going to get through a book on average without me speaking encouragement and hope to your life because there is a lot that you are going to be afraid of. Here, the context, again, is the people of Israel. They've lived in Egypt. 
I'm sorry, they've lived in Babylon. They've been in Babylon for, for a captivity for years and years and years. It was very uncertain, you know, like very uncertain times. You know, we, we talked a lot about how uncertain our times are. That was really uncertain times. You didn't know what the, if like the king was just gonna like take you out, not let you go back or take all of your stuff. He could have done it. And so God is through the prophet Isaiah is coming to these people and saying, I want you to fear not. Isn't that powerful? That's powerful. Why does God tell his people to fear not? Why can God tell his people to fear not? And he shows them right here in Isaiah 43. He says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I want you to think about that for a moment. That's powerful. I have redeemed you. No, but we were in captivity. No, I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. It says, you have anything to be afraid of because I've got you and I've got a plan for you because you're mine. Isn't that cool? That's encouraging. Now, it's one thing for me to like tell you I have a plan for your life. You know, if I just came up and was like, hey, I've got a plan for you, trust me, it's great. <laughs> you know, like that would be one thing, like you're probably not gonna get a whole lot of encouragement. It's a whole nother thing for you to like look at yourself in the mirror and say, listen, you, I have a plan for you. Like that would be like somewhat encouraging. But how, let's be honest, this is the creator of the universe. This is the one who holds the world in his hand. And he says, I have redeemed you. I have a plan for you. I've called you mine. Man, that brings hope. That brings encouragement to our spirit. And here's what's, here's what's so amazing about that. The Israelites had been through a very difficult situation. And God says, even though you've been through this very difficult situation, I'm still in control and I have a plan for you. God was in control the whole time. And here's the beauty of all of this. God was actually using the captivity. God was using the difficult situation they were experiencing. God had actually orchestrated some of the difficulty they had experienced. Why? So that they would look to God and find him and find hope and find closeness that they would be able to fear not because they were able to see, oh, all throughout this, God, you were working and you were bringing us close and we were getting the very best thing that we could possibly get, which is more than comfort and more than pleasure. It's closeness with the one who made us. That's what they were getting. And so God says, hey, I want you to fear not. Then secondly, I want you to forget the past. He says, I want you to forget the past. Verse 18, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I think he tells them not to focus on their failure or their captivity or the things that had got them to that place because it would have been easy to do, right? They could have been like, oh man, you know, if we just would have not served those other gods, we wouldn't be in this place. Oh man, if we just wouldn't have, then man, we wouldn't be here. And how easy is it for us to do that, right? to find ourselves in a situation and then just be like, oh man, I just wish I wouldn't have. Oh man, I just wish I would have done something different. Oh man, I just wish I would have just not done this because I wouldn't have got here. And you know what God says? He says, don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on that because he's forgiven it. 
He's forgiven it. And it's so easy. We tend to stew. We tend to think. We tend just to allow that stuff just to dwell or just to weigh us down, to, to bring us down. And you know what? When we dwell in the past, we end up getting destroyed by the past. But, but Jesus says, don't dwell in the past because I've forgiven it. Even in the Old Testament, God would speak forgiveness to the people of Israel. And in Psalm 103, it says, he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Another Psalm says that God has thrown our, our sin into the sea of forgetfulness. And all of that comes online because of Jesus, because Jesus forgives all past, present, and future sin. We talked about this last week, but when Jesus dies on the cross, he says, to tell us die. And it means this, it means it is finished. It's done, your sin, my sin, the past that we all have. Long past, medium past, short past, recent past, like this morning past. Guess what? It's forgiven in Jesus' name. So you don't have to dwell on it. You don't have to let that thing beat you up, that mistake you made that cost you this one thing. Listen, you let it go, you can forget it. Why? Because he's got a plan for you. He's redeemed you, and he's called you his. So we fear not. We forget the past, and then what do we do? We focus forward. We focus forward. And we see this. This is how Isaiah wraps this whole thing up in verse 19. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. And, of course, that reminds us of the classic DC talk song, New Thing. And if you've never experienced that, this would be a great opportunity for you to Google that. Check that out on Spotify. Add it to your prayer time list. It's awesome. It will bless you. It says, yo, who's doing it? God is doing a new thing. It's just, it's awesome. But he says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I like that he asks, do you not perceive it? He asked because some people get it and some people don't. Some people can see what God is doing and some people miss it. He's saying this, I want you, I want to collectively encourage all of you, everybody who's here today, everybody who's watching online, everybody who's over at the South Campus, I want all of you to look out at the horizon because you might just see one degree frozen tundra on the horizon. <laughs> But what you need to see is God on the move. Do you perceive it? Because if all you see is what you see, you're missing what is really there. God is doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? Do you see it? He's making a way in the wilderness. I want to encourage you. God wants to make a way in your wilderness. It, you might be still looking at a wilderness might be relationally you're looking at a wilderness, physically looking at a wilderness, and with your anxiety, you might be looking at a wilderness. Do you know that God wants to bring a way where there is no way? He wants to bring sun where there is rain. He wants to bring warmth where there is one degree. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name, spring is on the way. Figuratively and spiritually, and the question is, do you perceive it? Do you see it? Or are you so focused on the natural that you can't see what God is doing? I want to encourage you with this. 2021, God wants to make you fruitful. God wants to make you flourish. And just like last year, we look back and we say, God felt like a Babylonian captivity. 
God was like, yeah, but I was doing something fruitful in you. I was drawing you to me in a way that you could have never been drawn to me. I was doing more in you and through you than you ever knew. And we look back, we see, wow, 138 countries. God's saying, listen, when you lean into me, I'm going to make you fruitful. I'm going to make you flourish. You've got to just open your eyes and you have to see what God wants you to see. So here are the two applications, real simple. Number one, God wants to move you forward. Tell someone next to you, say, God wants to move you forward. Come on, both campuses, say, God wants to move you forward. Now I want you to say this out loud. Say, God wants to move me forward. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Because he does. But do you know what moving forward looks like? It looks like not standing still. It looks like not sitting where you have sat. Moving forward is invigorating. It's exciting. It's like, wow, what can we do? It's so much better than standing still. But you know what it means us not doing? Standing still. <laughs> There's got to be something inside of us that says, okay, okay, God, you want me to fear not, to forget the past, and you want me to focus forward. Okay, great. What does that mean? It means me moving forward. I just want to challenge all of us today. God wants to move us forward. Now, some of you have been continuing to move forward. You've been continuing to take next steps. Keep taking those next steps. But if you have found yourself stuck at all in your faith, I want to challenge you to take a step forward. Take a step forward in your prayer. Take a step forward in your Bible reading. Take a step forward in life group, getting in community being who God wants you. Take a step forward being a leader here at Summit Park. We want to help you do that. God has something he wants to do. He has a new thing he wants to accomplish, and we want to help you do that. We want to move forward in all that God has for us. Amen? Amen. So in order to move forward, we're going to have to stop standing still. And then second, God wants to move us forward as a church. God wants to move us forward. Now, this whole, this whole church thing called Summit Park has been an ongoing miracle. It really has. From day one, it's just been a miracle after a miracle after a miracle. And if you remember last year at Vision Weekend, we talked about how uh, we, were, we had been in leases. We, we leased out our North Campus. And uh, when we leased it, we signed a six-year lease because we're like, oh, yeah, it'll take us a while to fill it up. It filled up a lot faster than we thought. So then we started South Campus, and we had those leases on the same uh, termination date so that we could move forward with something new after that. And so all last year, we were looking for land. We were, we were looking for opportunities. We were praying about things. And every time we would look at something, we just felt like it wasn't, it wasn't God for us. And so we've just been praying and been praying and been praying, looking for a building, looking for land. We had a couple options. But I'm really excited to announce we have an opportunity to move forward as a church with something that's really, really, really exciting. And it's, it's, it's merging with Lee Summit First Church. It's a church that has a great heritage, a great pastor, a great facility, and a great location. But it would love to, to be a part of what God is doing here at Summit Park. We need a building. We need land. So we think like this could actually 
be God, like a, uh, like a match made in heaven, that we would be better together as we came together. And what's kind of cool about all of this is that we actually, we actually reached out to them three years ago, and we're like, hey, would you want to do something, maybe be our South Campus? And, and, um, and so uh, it wasn't a lot of excitement then, but it just never happened, and so we went ahead and did South Campus. And then in, in, in the last year, those talks have been continuing, and uh, they're presenting it to their people today. Uh, they're going to vote on it in March 7th, but this could be something that really happens. Let me show you where this is located for some of you who aren't familiar with this. Here's a little map of uh, where both of our campuses are located. Uh, you can see North Campus there on the right. You can see South Campus there on the left. And then Lee Summit First Church is closer to South Campus, but it's in the middle, and it really is in the heart of Lee Summit. They have... Um, uh, they're on eight acres of ground, you can see right there, that has a lot of opportunity to grow and to expand with, I would say, some of the best visibility in the city. Uh, so, uh, thousands of cars drive by there uh, each and every day, and um, the opportunity for impact, the ingress and egress onto the property is really great. You can just see the potential. You can see the opportunity to build out that land, and that's what we would do. Uh, so if the Lord would allow this to happen, which uh, we've been praying, their leadership has said yes, our leadership has said yes, their board has said yes, and uh, now, they, now they're presenting it to the people today. And so we're going to pray, we're going to believe God, but literally that could be our next step as a church. Isn't that stinking cool? Come on, somebody. They, they, have, they own the land outright, zero debt. This is, this is so cool. This is so God, in my opinion. We needed land. You know, that was going to cost us millions of dollars just to buy land. And then it's going to take you money to raise that and then, you know, then finish it out, get, get all the electrical, all the plumbing, all that stuff out there. It's already ready to go. We can expand that facility. And I think God's setting us up for something really amazing. And you just think, man, God, have you been working this whole time to bring about this moment for us individually, for you as a person, for you as a, as a father, as a mother, as a, as a husband, as a wife, and then for us as a church? God, have you been working all this time to get us to a point where we would fear not, forget the past, and focus forward? Like, I believe that 100%. That's what he's doing. And the reason he's doing it, the reason God is setting us up for this moment is because God loves people. God loves people. I just want you to know this has never been about certainly me or, or Jen or even our leadership team. Or whatever. It's not even about Summit Park. This is not about Summit Park Church. This is about Jesus Christ and the 75% of people who are disconnected in this area from him and his plan for their life and bringing those people back together, connecting those who are far from God with the life that is in Jesus Christ. That's what this is about. It's about one story. And so what I wanna do is I wanna, I wanna show you a story uh, of, a, of a life change that has happened recently. God's been using in the last year our church to bring someone to faith and to use that person to bring other people to faith and let this just inspire you that this is exactly what God is doing and what God wants to do. Let's watch.
Landon. What can I say about Landon? I'll never forget, we had a, a one night, and, uh, and there was this car that rolled up, this SUV that rolled up, jam-packed with students from Harrisonville. We were sitting around the lunch table, and they were like, hey, you should totally, you should totally come to church with us. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come and try it out. But then they, they talked about going to Chick-fil-A afterwards, and I was like, okay, I'm there. Immediately I knew there was something different about this group. And so there were nine of us, but we only had one car. Being the irresponsible teenagers we were, we packed that van like we were a bunch of sardines. We just, we just went in and we were like, we're getting there. We were getting people there. They would come and they would show up and show out to First Wednesday. They would show up on the weekends. And they're not just leading the way in excitement, but man, they were leading the way in worship. It wasn't too long before they started serving. It was a very different experience coming to Summit Park because, you know, I had really gone to a, uh, a, I had gone to a Methodist church before that was very, it was more rigid, but coming here, I just, it, it was very free and I've really felt welcome coming in as, as somebody that is, was walking through some, some tough things, not really making the best decisions. It was July of 2019 that I actually ended up um, being saved and giving my life to Christ and finding a, uh, finding a really good group of people, finding that community. I got the opportunity to serve in kids. Man, it was, that was probably one of the coolest decisions and coolest opportunities that I did get because it just, it kickstarted so many things. It was a, like just a domino effect. Every opportunity that we gave him, no matter how small or how big it was, of a project or of a volunteer team or of a task, man, everything that, that he was given, he took it with a, with a servant's heart. He took it with a smile on his face and he made much of every opportunity. It was crazy because going into the kids, serving in kids, I was wanting to be an architectural engineer and wanting to go to KU. Like that was my plan. Like I was gonna do it. We fast forward to now, like I really felt a calling of ministry on my life and I'm actually planning on going to a Bible college to learn how to be a leader within within ministry. It just, it's a huge snowball effect of say yes to this, boom, life change. Say yes to this, boom, life change. He decides to not live life alone. And so you see that with his friends that he's bringing to church. I was getting more opportunities and becoming more comfortable with, uh, with the environment. God was moving in these people's hearts just, just from from like an invite. One of the people that was in that uh, community at the beginning was, was Ellie. And it was really awesome getting to see um, her get involved with not only kids ministry, but she also joined the worship team. And just seeing like the impact that that had on her life was, was really, really awesome. One of my friends, his name's Carson. He had never been to church before. He came and he genuinely loved it. He felt so comfortable he was wearing Hawaiian shirts like in the winter, like that's how comfortable he was. But it was it was really cool just seeing his faith end up growing like through continually coming to church, continually coming, and then eventually he ended up serving at our South Campus and even at North Campus for hospitality. And it's been really cool just getting to ride along his journey with him and just unpack life and really see the, the life change that is happening in him. 
I think about this super sharp high school student who was gonna pursue engineering at a major university. And he discovered his calling. He discovered his purpose. That's what the church has an opportunity to do. Anytime that you say yes to what God has for you, it, it ends up resulting in bringing people along with you in the journey. It's so inspiring just being able to see that firsthand. Come on, isn't that awesome? Can we just celebrate that? I just think it's cool to see what God does and what God is doing constantly, even when, uh, you know, that song says, even when we can't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. And that's 100% the case. And I want, I want to encourage you with that. For you personally, God is working. And you might be up against something that's difficult, but you need to know God is with you. He is for you. You need to fear not. You need to forget the past. And you need to focus forward. God wants to do something great. He wants to bring about a flourishment where there might be where there might be so much lack. There might just be a wilderness. There might be a desert. God wants to bring about flourishment for you and then for us, for his glory, for his kingdom. Amen? So here's the action steps. Here's the action steps. I want to encourage you, first of all, to pray. Over the next few weeks, specifically, as we're going to have a few meetings uh, we're going to have a town hall meeting uh, a week from today, and that will be just with Lisa at First Church, and then we'll have another one where Jen and I will get a chance to meet with them a week after that, and then on March 7th, they will vote on this as a church. And so they're telling their church today, we're telling you today, we are super excited about this, they are very excited about this. So I feel like the ball is on the one-yard line, but we need to knock it through the end zone. We need to get in there. We need Clyde Edwards and Lair. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> or Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Wait, too soon, sorry. Okay, um, we need somebody just to get that across the goal line. We need somebody to get that across the goal line. And, and the way it's going to be won is in prayer. We're going to push this forward in prayer. prayer is, there is power in prayer. And so I want to encourage you to be praying. And then, and then secondly, we are going to do something great on this facility. We, we're going to build a great facility there. And uh, it is going to be a beacon for generations. It is, it is prime. And so some of you want to be a part of this campaign. Right now, we're going to do a proper uh, giving campaign, the forward campaign. But some of you, you, you could be a part of it. You could start today. You could help us get this, this ball rolling. And uh, we're going to believe God to do something great. You can give. Uh, you can go to summerparkchurch.com to do that, and um, you can give at the Forward Campaign. So we're, in addition to Kingdom Builders this year, we're also doing a specific building campaign just for what we're going to be doing um, at, at that space. Um, and then you could also lead. So pray, give, and lead. It is going to... I believe God is going to bring us a harvest of souls. I'm really praying for this. I believe it's going to happen. I believe we are going to have people uh, that see the, the church. They're going to come and they're going to find God. It's going to be amazing. But in order for it to happen, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take leaders. It's going to take people saying yes to being a part of a group, being more committed to the group, leading a group, starting another group. 
You know, something that you could try is just even starting a Zoom group because you might not have enough time or, or opportunity, or, but you can start a Zoom group. You can start multiple Zoom groups. It's going to take people saying, I want to be a part of stories like Landon. I want to mentor. I want to encourage. I want to facilitate. I just want to help. And we want to help you do that. We want to help you do that. And we need you to lead. You could be a part of our teams here, uh, our volunteer teams. You could be behind the scenes. You could help us strategize this. We need help. We need leaders on every single level. I believe what God is doing is setting us up for something that we will look back and say, wow, remember when. This is, I really believe this is going to be one of those windows of our church where we say, remember when? Remember when God showed up in a powerful way? This is it. So I want to encourage you, jump in, pray, give, lead. Let's go. Amen? Well, you stand with me at both locations. We're just going to take a moment, and we're going to pray over all of this. We are literally going to pray and just ask God to do what he wants to do, and that God would go before us, that God would help us, that God would do um, the, uh, the impossible, because that's exactly what he's capable of. So would you pray with me right where you are? Let's, let's lift this up to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. God, we worship you, because, Lord, you are good. You have been good. And God, we take time and recognize your goodness. Lord, it has not been perfect, but Lord, wow, have you been faithful. Lord, you've done great things in us. You have done great things through us, but yet, Lord, we know the best is yet to come. God, you're not done. Lord, there is more that needs to be done. There are more people in this community that need to be reached, and we pray that, God, you would use us. God, we pray that you would speak to us and that, God, we would be the people you want us to be that we would be open, that we would be ready, that we would be prepared, that we would sacrifice, that we would, we would lay it all out on the line, Lord, so that your kingdom would come. In Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for it. We give you praise for it. We're, we're dedicating this to you, and we're trusting it to you. We cannot wait to see what you do. We love you, Lord. Amen. Let's worship.